0: Welcome in to another edition of the Stingers Up Sacramento State Football Podcast. Well, for the first time in a long time, I'm going to be on here talking about a loss for the Sacramento State Hornets. Hasn't happened in a long time, and I also think it gives you and gives me perspective. Perspective on what kind of run this team and this program is on. Three streaks were broken last week where Sacramento State lost a conference game. They lost a road game and lost a regular season game. Those three streaks were all record-setting streaks in program history. And for perspective, I have now been calling games with Steve McElroy on the radio or television since 1997. There were years, there were seasons that we would get on a plane with the team and not come home with a win. And coming home from Idaho last week on a plane – was the first time since, I believe, early 2019 on a flight trip. Uh, ASU was the last time the Hornets went away on a plane with the team, and they lost. So everything in between from 2019 till now on the road, whether it was a flight. Obviously, there was a road loss at Cal. um, That was a bus trip or a car trip, but it's just perspective for what they did there. They were approaching the Big Sky all-time record for consecutive wins. Uh, Some of these wins are shattering school records, and it's time to try to start a new one. They may never, ever, ever reach the stature of what they did. I know there's still bigger things and bigger goals out there as far as quests for national championships, but I hope we all have perspective on how impressive the run was on consecutive regular season win streaks, on road win streaks, and on Big Sky win streaks truly truly amazing but with that said we got to try to figure out what went wrong dissect it look back at Idaho's win over the Hornets we'll look ahead today to the upcoming game against Northern Arizona at home and we're going to hear from senior cornerback Caleb Nelson that's all ahead today on the podcast but first let's look back at that game with Idaho the Vandals a good football team obviously coming in number seven in the nation the Hornets were number four all the things we talked about to start this podcast were on the line. And for those of you that watched the game, heard the game, attended the game, I believe you would have the same kind of feel that I did, that the Hornets just didn't have their best. And sometimes that's going to happen. You have to credit Idaho for winning. But, you know, it's, it's all in how you look at things in life. And one way to look at it, which is one way I choose to look at it, Sacramento State did some miscues, so you've got to identify that. There were some penalties that were uncharacteristic. There was some decision-making that was uncharacteristic. Certainly, I thought the tackling was subpar, which has been uncharacteristic. And it just felt like their C-level game. And if that was all the case, and we could point to a lot of miscues and a lot of things and just not being as sharp and – Was it an emotional letdown from Stanford? Was it? I don't know. There's there's a ton of things that the coaching staff has to figure out the reasons, not the excuses. But if those all things, all those things did happen, you can also look at it that the fight in this team is pretty top notch. I didn't think they had their best. They're on the road against a very good team. They came back from ten multiple times, and they nearly won the football game, tied on the road with four minutes to go. It was a pretty helpless feeling when the Hornets had basically exhausted their timeouts and Idaho had put themselves in position to basically manipulate the end of the game, to have total control of it and exhaust the clock, get themselves in field goal range, hit what we thought was the game winner. Ultimately they would add uh, one more score, which you'll hear about, but um, credit to Idaho. Now the Hornets are going to be the ones doing the chasing. Everybody's been chasing Sacramento state, another reflection of of the success that Sacramento State has had the celebration that Idaho went through Idaho has already defeated an FBS team this year in an easy win over Nevada they were a playoff team a year ago they stormed the field they knew that was a significant win so sometimes you also get perspective on how the other team feels about beating you and Idaho knew it was a big deal they went nuts and they should have i'm not i'm not um discrediting their or uh, putting shade on their uh, celebration. I think that was the right approach, but I think that also goes into the the side of the Hornets, where, where they are, what they've done, and how impressive uh, that has been. So with all that said, let's go ahead and dive into a, a look back at the game, the loss last Saturday to Idaho. One of the things we felt in the broadcast that would be important was the opening possession. Hornets won the coin toss, elected to defer, and they gave Idaho the ball. Now, Idaho, you could tell from the get-go, wanted to shrink the game, limit possessions, control time of possession, and that's exactly what they did. They had scored on every first possession of the year. It took 14 plays, went 62 yards, took almost eight minutes of the first quarter. Now, it felt like a mini victory for the Hornets. They only gave up a field goal. A 29-yarder, so the Hornets trailed early, 3 nothing. Following that, Zach Schreiner continues his great start to the season. He evened things up, so after one quarter... It was 3-3. Three to three. Now, the Hornets were then, for the most part, the rest of the game playing catch-up and chase. The uh, second quarter featured a Idaho touchdown, putting them up 10-3. They would add a field goal. So the Hornets are now trailing here 13-3, to and just a lot's not going right. Just not smooth, not totally crisp, not totally sharp like we talked about. But then the Hornets needed to find some sort of spark. So they go to their bag of tricks and try a gimmick gadget play, and it worked beautifully. Two receivers right, one to the left. Hornets now out of field goal range after that play. The sideline is getting rallied up for the Vandals. Carlos Hill in motion. Here's the double reverse. Toss back to Bennett. They're going to throw it back to Hill with blocking in front of him. 30, 25, 20. Looks for Lane, 15. Stiff arm pushed out of bounds at the 11-yard line. The trick play. That they took from the University of Washington. That's from the coach Prince. The double reverse back to the quarterback. One, Throw two, back to Carlos three, Hill.
1: Four. Perfect
0: time to call. Wow. He stiffed arm Kyron Beacham. And Steve, all
1: of that on second and 26 now is a third and two. Pitch, reverse, flip back to quarterback, throw to receiver with blockers in front. And it's hard to do that play without getting a legal man downfield, yeah. too.
0: So again at this point, still down 13 to 3. The Hornets would get their first touchdown of the day. First and goal from the six, rolling out. That's Bennett looking
1: for a release. Throws late to Gerard. He caught it. First touchdown as a Hornet for Austin Gerard. How many receivers are they going to use? Gerard did a great job. He wasn't even open, but he turned his big body and created just enough space to catch that ball. So you've got McBride, you've got coontz you've got the All-American Martin. They go to
0: Austin Gerard releasing <laughs> as the tight but end.
1: Before the season, you would have said, Marshall Martin's going to have, you know, 50 catches for 10 touchdowns. Instead, it's been other guys.
0: So now it's 13-10 as you heard Austin Gerard with his first career touchdown as a Hornet. So Sacramento at the break was probably feeling pretty good, trailing by three at 13-10, to 10, still not playing their best football. They started with the ball in the beginning of the second half, except for nothing came of that. And the Hornets found themselves down 20-10 to 10 after a long ball down the sideline was converted for a score about five minutes into the second half, and the Hornets found themselves down 20-10. to 10. So next drive, Hornets need to respond. They did just that and Marcus Fulcher finds the end zone. Hornets have to power this in. They're going to go Coleman, Kuntz in the backfield. A straight line across. It's Kuntz, Maleni, and Fulcher right behind Caden Bennett. They'll snap it from the left hash mark at the two. Bennett gives it to Fulcher. Bounces to the outside. Nice stiff arm by Fulcher, and he can just cruise into the end zone. Touchdown, Hornets. He's actually off his running gate. He did not look like yeah. he's 100%, but no. he scores for the fourth time this year.
1: But it was 100% awesome because... Bertram was going to tackle him in the backfield for a three-yard loss, and Fulcher gave him the old stiff arm.
0: All right, so 20-17 at this point, Idaho with the lead, and the Vandals are are doing their part to uh, really still have control of this game. I mean, there's really no other way to say it. They would add a touchdown, another deep pass, a 60-yarder. Uh, so after three quarters, it's 27-17. So for now, The Hornets have trailed 13-3. They've trailed 20-10. They're now down 27-17 as we enter the fourth quarter. Early fourth quarter, the Hornets move the ball. They get into that decision time. What are they going to elect to do? Well, Andy Thompson brings out Zach Schreiner. For Schreiner, 11-04 to go in the game. Hornets down by 10. This to put them within one score. Campos the snapper. Stutz the holder from 44 yards out. This kick is on the way. And it is good. What a kick by Schreiner. A kick the Hornets needed. Three points they desperately needed. They're back within seven. Idaho 27, Sacramento State 20. 11 minutes to go in the big sky opener. So within seven now in the fourth quarter, Hornets need to get the ball back. Idaho is just squeezing the clock, churning the game down. Hornets need that turnover. Caleb Nelson makes a big play. Dwyer to the outside right. Hatton slides in motion. Caleb Nelson on coverage on second and long. Hornets bring pressure up the middle. McCoy dumps off to Hatton. Hatton makes the catch. But Nelson, oh, Nelson can't make the tackle. Ball is out. It's fumbled. Picked up by the Hornets. Dylan Janelle. Hatton tried to make too much happen, and the ball was poked away by Caleb Nelson. Dylan Janelle recovered it, and the Hornets have it at the 45.
1: Caleb Nelson a week ago has great positioning because he's a great player. And then, oh, he just lost it. Oh, I thought it got—he he punched at it. I—I yeah. saw Caleb Nelson punch at it. But Caleb Nelson is like feast or famine. He's such a great player that he made a key interception against Stanford in the end zone that saved the the game when it was going to get out of hand a little bit early. And right there, I thought he punched the ball back out. Unbelievable! After he missed it, an easy tackle.
0: Next drive, the Hornets moving it and moving it, and finally Caden Bennett would find Fulcher for the tie. But down here, your options are less. They'll snap it from the 11. It's third down and seven. Bennett with a hard count, looking right. Fade to the corner towards Fulcher. He caught it! Touchdown! Sacramento State between two defenders, and Fulcher gets into the end zone. The Hornets are one point away from tying it after an 11-yard
1: touchdown. Fulcher took a huge blast to the upper body and shoulders and held onto the football despite getting blown up. Great job holding on to the ball. Danny, we'll take it down to you.
2: Guys, that was a great play. You saw from here, you saw it was going to be the wheel route. It was just a matter of if the defensive back could get there. Marcus looked to his left, saw him coming, and held onto to that ball. Great catch.
0: Hornets for the tie. Extra point is up, and it is true, and it is good, and we are deadlocked. At 27 with 4.54 to go. Here's where things became difficult for the Hornets. There was under five minutes to go, and that is when Idaho really downshifted, got key first downs, broke big tackles, kept the drive alive, and could just exhaust the clock once they got themselves into prime position. And they would do just that and go for what would prove to be the game-deciding field goal. (laughs) Well, what's critical for the Vandals, Hogan Hatton, the brother of the All-American Hayden Hatton, he's the long snapper. The holder is L.J. Harm, the kicker, Ricardo Chavez, a senior from Los Angeles. He punts lefty, he kicks righty. He's got his right cleat taped, so there's black over his right shoe. And this, a 30-yarder, what looks like would be for the win. Only five seconds to go between the hash marks, kicking towards our left. Snap comes in. Hornets get good pressure. The kick is up, and it is good. Two seconds to go. Actually, it's two when it went through. It's down to one, so it's not completely a walk-off. The Hornets need a miracle in the final one second as the Vandals go up 30-27. to Unfortunately for the Hornets, they had one last chance, and I say unfortunately because the Vandals added one more score. Vandals one second away from ending the hornets long win streak it's 30 to 27 it's not chavez kicking off this time and it's from the 35 and he squibs a liner and it's going to be picked up by tau tolliver at the 10 does he have a miracle in store runs it to the 20 laterals it back on one hop to parker clayton ball is loose it's scoop it's going to be picked up and more points go for the vandals the hornets are going to lose by more than three points The extra points don't really matter. They run out onto the field. They storm the field. A great win for the Vandals. A disappointing loss for the Hornets as Idaho starts Big Sky play with a victory. 36-27 to the final. They don't have to kick the extra point. And at that point, Steve, you try anything, the final score, if anybody didn't see the game,
1: will look different. I I just hope it doesn't affect the rankings at all because some of the people that vote don't obviously watch the game. They just get the score, and they're not going to realize that there was no time on the clock, and the Hornets gave up a touchdown for nothing.
0: All right, so there's your final, 36-27. Vandals get the win. Now, one other thing, you know, you love the attention you get. They say all attention is good attention, right? All news is good news. Well, that's not the case here, because the Hornets gave up the score 36-27. For those that didn't see the game, I think that's a little bit more lopsided. Didn't really impact the Hornets in the rankings this week. Still coming in at number eight. But it did get them on national TV in a segment called Bad Beats with Scott Van Pelt.
3: There's a lot that's going on here. Maybe you had Sac State plus three and a half. Maybe. That line moved, but but maybe you had that. Let's focus on the total. Where are we going, Steve? Moscow, Idaho. He's been there. We're in the Kibby Dome. If you're not familiar, it's an unusual building. Let's just put it that way. Uh, the Vandals and Sac State are tied at 27. Anthony Woods. He's tackling wow, the back. Run. No, he's not. Got the wall built. There he goes, and Idaho's on the move. They're get a first down. They're able to bleed the clock to five seconds left. That's important. Five seconds are on the clock. The total's 57 and a half. We have 54 points. If Idaho makes the field goal, it's 57. Your under's fine. Snap, hold, kick. There's a big wall. It's fine. Kicking against the wall. It's fine. Kibby Dome. Kibby Dome, it's 57's the total. Again, maybe you had Sac State plus three and a half. Pitchy, pitchy, woo-woo. God, don't do it. It's coming. Here comes the woo-woo. Pitchy, pitchy. Oh, Oh, no. Come on. Heavens to Betsy. Scoop and score. Armani Arnold. Oh, wow. Wow. That's really. That's a lot. It bounces. I mean, it bounces. Every time. It's like, how would the Wyoming block field goal bounce right to the guy running 100 miles an hour the other way? God. Oh, my gosh.
0: Weird things in the Kibbe, though. Those are good two FCS
3: teams, too. With respect, we understand that, but I I can't focus on anything other than what happened to those poor people that had the under there. How was Moscow? Gets dark early. Gets dark
0: early. All right, some fun there with uh, Scott Van Pelt in the Bad Beat segment, but now let's move on to our guest this week. Caleb Nelson, a senior, had that uh, breakup there on the uh, turnover with Hayden Hatton late in the game that gave the Hornets a chance, had a huge interception at Stanford. It's been a really good Hornet here for a couple of years and had a chance to uh, catch up with Caleb Nelson. Caleb, I just think about you and your journey to get here. We'll kind of start there uh, playing here locally, Folsom, lots of success. What are your What are your favorite memories uh, playing high school at Folsom?
2: Uh, I mean, definitely the rings. I mean, the whole process of us just trying to work to get those uh, rings at the end of the season. I mean, all the relationships we had. I mean, luckily I'm still with some of the players that I won the rings with. So I definitely say those moments, those special moments, state championships. uh, Just Yeah.
0: I mean, you guys didn't know anything else than that, than winning there. I mean, was there – because you have plural, you have multiple. Was there uh, extra pressure on on ending with with the title?
2: I mean, I don't don't say pressure, but I mean there are definitely a lot of people who – looked at us a different way. I mean, there was always, like, these little scandals, people saying we're recruiting, this and that, which was, wasn't true. But, I mean, my senior year, I mean, the year before we we won the uh, championship, and so we knew it was going to come down to the next year. Like, will they do it again? I mean, we lost to De La Salle, which was unfortunate. But at the end of the year, we won it. So, I mean, it was definitely a fun season. I mean, you can't really ask for more than that
0: i got to imagine, I mean, in high school, what's it like to be on campus, part of that football program, and the one that's winning it all?
2: Uh, It was was really special. I mean, people looked at you as a way, like, uh, being Folsom as, like, a a winning football program. So it's like you knew, like, every day you had to find a way to win, Uh, make sure, like, you are setting yourself by example, making sure everyone knows you in the community, Um, just making sure you're doing the right thing at all times, because there's so much... I guess you'd say pressure on you for people to look at you.
0: From there, you have to decide where you want to go play. You want to keep playing. You're good enough to play in college. Uh, how did North Dakota become the initial stop?
2: Uh, funny story. So uh, I was going to commit to uh, Eastern Washington, which was Coach Cherokee. Um, and then when I committed, was about to commit, he told me he was leaving the program. Um, I didn't know where he was going. And luckily, my brother was at North Dakota at the time. I never got to play with him. He was four years older than me. We never played sports together, but I decided to go to North Dakota and play uh, corner there, and he was a safety, so it was pretty cool. Like, I mean, to say I played with my brother and we were in the same defensive room as well, so that, that's what just got me.
0: But so, uh, to backtrack on that, as far as Eastern, it was it was Coach Cherokee Valeria that was the one that, that kind of he hooked you. Yeah, so he
2: was the one who who he was recruiting me the whole time. I mean. I was bought in with him, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's my kind of guy I need to uh, play with. And I, it, it sucked that he left, but, I mean, look where I am now. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, now you're back with him. Um, so how did you get to Sacramento State? Obviously, your, your father played here. You're from the area. What ultimately led you after playing, you know, a good amount of football at North Dakota to come to Sacramento State?
2: Uh, it was definitely, like, after leaving North Dakota, I was like, I mean, I'm back home. Who would be back home? I mean, family, friends, everyone's back home. And then they could look at the coaching staff. I mean, it's just a winning program. They turned it around, so I was like, might as well it's two, two for two for one. So I mean, might as well just take take it upon.
0: How did you handle uh, just North Dakota's weather? I mean, it being in California, how did you deal with that?
2: It was tough. I mean, uh, tried. To, I was inside a lot. <laughs> I mean, a lot of phone calls with my dad saying yeah. how how cold it was. I mean, but I mean, it was definitely a great experience. I mean, I never got to witness something like that. I mean, walk outside; it's negative thirty degrees outside. Like, who would think that was real? Mm-hmm. But I mean, it was definitely a cool experience. I'm glad I experienced it. Yeah. But, yeah.
0: And then now coming back here, how sweet is it to end at least your college career as as a Hornet?
2: It's lovely. I mean, like what I said, uh, family, friends all are here, coaching staff, relationships I had with players in high school are all here. So it's like it's nothing but home to me. So.
0: If I remember right, I could have my timeline wrong. It- was it your first game last year that you had the pick six for about ninety eight yards something like that
2: yeah, so uh yeah, that was the first game utah tech uh we it was funny because we uh were in practice and we were going uh we were doing a whole play and it was exactly in the uh red zone area and they they threw it to me and we were it was just like practice, I just took it and went all the way down.
0: What's that feeling like I mean obviously when you get a head start, you read the route you jump it, you pick it off. I don't know at what point – I mean, you're, I th- yeah, you're running by the Hornet sideline too. So, like, just – I don't know. You, you're pretty sure you're going to finish the deal. But what's that moment like th- when you're the last 40 yards, let's say?
2: It feels like a movie. I uh. mean, you don't think it's real. It's like, it's just like – you just – it's literally like a movie. Like, you just go down and you're like, dang, they really threw me the ball mm-hmm. knowing that I'm going to take it to the house, which was like – it was really cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, can't really – Not many people can say they've done that before.
0: As far as your position, and the way, Coach Thompson, Coach Valeria, the the Sharks back there, they put a lot on you guys to play, you know, one-on-one, man-to-man coverage, and that's obviously Faith in you and Janelle, whoever else is out there with you guys. Um, How difficult just is the concept of of staying with, like last week, Hayden Hatton, uh, Jermaine Jackson, great receivers in this conference?
2: I mean, it's definitely difficult, but, I mean, our coach does a good uh, job of giving us confidence, preparing us so well, where it's like, it's just second nature to us. So I feel like our, our coach and our defensive staff do a great job just just preaching to us and making sure like we are on the same page and where we can f- play fast and confident. And That's all it is at the end of the day, Yeah. so.
0: I'm thinking too, just at the nature of the position, I go back to the Stanford game. I thought you had a really good position on the deep ball. And then sometimes a the guy makes a play. Then later you're in a spot where you get a tip and you make an incredible interception. I mean, you have to be able to deal with guys sometimes make plays on you. How do you how do you take that in knowing that, all right, I'm
2: on to the next play? I feel like it's just the life of a DB. I mean, you just got to have short-term memory. can't let one play affect you. So it's like, they make a play, all right, next play, you might make the next play. So I feel like it's just a part of the DB lifestyle, just just having that, that uh, short-term memory and just knowing that, like, any play is, like, y- your time to make the play. So, I mean, it was unfortunate they got those plays on me, but I knew there was much more time in the game where I can make more plays and not just be all mad about the last play that just happened so yeah.
0: what well, I felt and I don't know if you guys felt it on the field but they go up 14-3 kick on size like oh Troy's not messing around here and then personally I felt your interception flip the game around I don't know if you guys felt that on the field like okay that might be the momentum shift we need
2: yeah so it was crazy because I didn't even know they had got the onside kick I'm just on the bench getting my water and stuff, and I just hear, like, the uh, fans just start yelling and stuff. I'm like, oh, dang, defense back on the field. Let's get a stop. So, I mean, yeah, we're down 14-3. They had the ball. We're just like, okay, we need a stop because you never know how the game can go after that. So, I mean, yeah, definitely getting that pick definitely, I feel like, helped our momentum change and get us on a good start, especially going into the second uh, half after that.
0: You had success last year as a team, you individually as well, being all-conference Where did the Stanford win rank for... I mean, I could tell everybody wanted to to win that game. There's significance to it. Where does that rank amongst your list of of Hornet wins?
2: Uh, I'd say, like, top three. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was definitely a big win. I mean, being an FBS opponent, but I feel like we knew we were the better team. I feel like we had uh, Coach Thompson gave us the confidence and prepared us really well that week. I mean, we go against the offense every week, so it's just like who's going to be more dialed in at the end of the day, and I feel like it was just one of those kind of games. Mm-hmm. How about uh,
0: what I? One of the things we marveled at is really how loud the Hornet crowd was and chanting defense when you guys are trying to get the last stop. We could feel it across the stadium. Could you? Could you feel the presence of the fans?
2: Yeah, you definitely felt it. You know, uh, after getting those sacks and mm-hmm. shout out the D line, getting those, making those plays, yeah, you definitely felt the the Hornet fans just definitely out there screaming and stuff. And it, that's what we need. I mean, you can't ask for anything better than that.
0: Locker room afterwards, bus ride home. What are, the, are those good memories you'll have?
2: Yeah, those will be always lifetime memories. I mean, not many people uh, can say they beat an FBS, FBS opponent, especially a Pac-12 team, so definitely worth it. So then it's an
0: emotional week. You have to get ready for Idaho. I, obviously a really good team. You guys, I didn't feel like we're – all in on your game. I mean, you guys weren't bad, but it wasn't like it just didn't seem like the same Hornet team that we had seen. What do you attribute to kind of what was slightly off against Idaho? Uh,
2: I don't think I just feel like we didn't play. Started out fast. I feel like we went down to the level a little bit. I feel like we were the better team. We just we just weren't playing as a uh, a team together. I feel like there's a lot of opportunities we had. We uh just didn't be, were able to take them. So I mean. It wasn't really much of that who they were. It was more on us, and I feel like this upcoming week we're gonna show them who we really are.
0: I know you guys brought it's by design. Don't do a ton of tackling in camp, for, you know, to keep people healthy. Felt like that was off too. I think I saw more missed tackles than I can remember.
2: Yeah, that was a big thing. At the end of the game, we noticed it was like tackling wasn't our best. Um, I mean, we only could do so much tackling in practice, which is unfortunate. But I mean, it was definitely it definitely hurt us. You can see if you turn on the tape. But I mean. Yeah, I mean, yeah.
0: I know we're still early in the week, but you're now getting ready to get it back on track. What do you think about NAU as you get ready for the Lumberjacks?
2: They're a good team. They just beat Montana last week. I mean, so they have wins under their belt. They're confident right now. So I mean, we just got to go out there and play fast. Mm-hmm. I feel like we should uh, we should beat them. That's how I always how I always feel about teams that we're playing. But, I mean, they're definitely not playing. They're not gonna be a a cakewalk. Mm-hmm. They're gonna definitely take all four quarters in a uh, all three phases of the team to uh, come together and play i mean even with some streaks broken
0: last week you guys still have the goals i think in front of you that all the places you want to get to are out there do you have individual goals for you caleb what we want to achieve by the end of the season
2: uh, i'm not really into individual goals i'm more of a team player uh i just want to win a ring at the end of the year this is my last year so whatever it takes to win the ring at the end of the year in january so that's what i want yeah
0: as far as that I get a sense like you guys have accomplished so much but everybody's knows there's more out there is that kind of a universal team feeling
2: yeah we definitely feel like there's so much more out there I mean we just we see us as a, like a, a championship team and so if we want to be that team we got to play like one so after the last week I mean we got the loss we got that under our belt and I feel like now we're hungry so this. So we're ready now.
0: Yeah. Is it weird to be, I mean, not only back at Sacramento, but uh, let's see when you're at Folsom, I know Coach Frescas, Coach Richardson, Coach Perry, they were there. Is it kind of weird to to be back, like a full circle moment with them too?
2: I mean, definitely in the beginning, I was like, dang, this was like uh, high school practice again. Uh-huh. But now, since it's so regular to me now, it's just, it's normal, it's just football. I mean, it's really cool, though, to say, like, those were my high school coaches. Yeah. So.
0: Um, as far as your life after, you know, hopefully it ends with that ring that you're hoping for and a title, what would you like to have happen for you personally after your football season's done?
2: Hopefully get picked up from some NFL team or CFL. It doesn't even matter. Just, I just want to play football at the end of the day. I love the sport, so I'm just ready for whatever. Yeah.
0: Your dad played here as a Hornet uh, early 90s. I just missed him. I said there's going to be a time where I'm, I've broadcasted a, a dad and a son. I know it's coming at some point um what what are his memories and how supportive has he been of you at being a hornet
2: uh he just always he he's a very uh energetic person so Mm -hmm. i mean he he likes to have fun so he always just tells me just have fun and uh especially on the field he says the more fun you have the more plays will come to you i mean it's just you've been playing this game since you're so little so it's just just football um but yeah he just always teaches me to do the right things Uh, i mean i Get a great opportunity to watch film with him and mm. uh see what's going on throughout the week so that's that's a plus not many people can say they they can do that so
0: yeah, I mean it's where do you feel like i mean he's even got a good balance of being coach and father or like how does he you know he missed this here or this was great or is he more cheerleader how does he handle
2: all that uh, with you uh but he he yeah he's like more coach he's more of a coach uh father like uh, definitely, like, on plays where he knows I can make, he's going to get on me. But, yeah. I mean, like, when I make a good play, he's like, a Father, like, you do going to give me the love. But that's he's cool. definitely, uh, he definitely will say something to me if he doesn't like it. So yeah. that's what I like out of him. The
0: other thing I've always loved about sports, I'm sure it happened for you at high school and now I'm sure here, just lifetime bonds, lifetime – I'm sure some of these guys will, you know, be at future weddings and child and all that kind of stuff. Like, uh, who are some of your, your closest-knit friends on, on this team?
2: Uh, like, uh, KB, he – He's like really one of my close ones. GDS, a lot of the Folsom guys, I mean, you can say, uh, just because like when I went to Folsom, they they're the ones who brought me in as a family. So I mean, now playing with them in college is like it's really special. It's like big group of us. So I mean, yeah. You mentioned Caden, and you get, you're probably
0: worrying about what you're doing when you're on the sideline or what's next. But watching him play too, he's he's off to a good start. What do you think about his uh, style at QB?
2: You. He's unpredictable. You never know what you're going to get out of him. I mean, he can run, he can throw. And so it's like uh, if I was a DCI, I'd kind of be like scrambling around a little mm-hmm. bit because you never know what he's going to do. And I, I'm so glad we he's on our team and yeah. an opponent. That's cool. Well,
0: it's been great watching you play. I know there's more good football left for you. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Cool. All right, my thanks to Caleb Nelson. We'll close things out with a look at Northern Arizona. This is a team that going into last week was really struggling. I mean the Lumberjacks had lost their first three games, were probably still a team trying to find their way. And I would say this last week, they found their way. The Lumberjacks had their breakthrough win of the season, where they defeated Montana. And I, I know there's still a uh, kind of a, a, a stigma, I guess, or just, I mean, anytime you beat that team, that program, they've been the benchmark of the of the big Sky for so many years, you have to acknowledge it. That is still a win of significance. And they won in an impressive way, holding Montana to limited rushing yards, just 18. They had four sacks in the game. Um, they played, they're played; they playing different quarterbacks. They've played three quarterbacks. The freshmen started for the first time this year. They have a bunch of different receivers that have caught passes, a lot of different running backs. They're throwing out all their talent each and every week. So the way their season started, they got worked a bit by Arizona. They played number 15, North Dakota, lost by 15. That was on the road. They had their home opener against Utah Tech, lost that one by 14. But in their big sky opener, again, a 28-14 win over Montana. And so half the league is 1-0, half is 0 one The Hornets are on the wrong side of that. The Lumberjacks are on the right side of that. So Sacramento State, to me, needs to get back into uh, their groove, back up their support of what they think is a good football team, and really just take care of business. If you guys got hurt last week, and go into the bye feeling good and possibly one and one in conference and possibly four and one overall, and then really get ready for that last push of the season. So we expect a good one Saturday against Northern Arizona. We thank you so much for listening to another edition of the Stingers Up Football Podcast, Hornet Football Podcast. And thanks again to Caleb Nelson. And hopefully, we'll see you out there Saturday
1: night.